And then A, sell the first hot dog. I have no idea. None idea. I just wrote that one. Hey, Roaches. I'm Toddy Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour through secondhand items searching for vibrant vintage, useful unusuals, big budget bangers, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week, we curate a thrift haul, dive into the details, and record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Everybody to another edition of Thrifty Secondhand Shopping for Worm People. And you're talking to the head worm of uh, the mud pile. It's me, Toddy. I'm your host. Thank you for downloading the show, listening to the show, and um, if you ever shared it with a friend, thank you for that. And speaking about some friends... Now this is a pre-tape because this is or we're in a global pandemic. If you just woke up right now, I have some bad news, global pandemic. So I don't know exactly what's going on uh, two weeks ahead of time. In fact, I may be dead. Um, so you may be hearing this. Um, I'm sorry and I loved everybody. Uh, well, I'll say this. So uh, last year, Thrifty won best podcast of, in 2019 of Pittsburgh uh, in the city paper. And this year, we asked for nominations again, and thank you for those who have nominated us. And at this point in time, voting is happening right now. Uh, voting started August the 2nd, so this is well after August the 2nd. So if Thrifty made it to the next round, the best way to know if it did is go to at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram. There you will find a link Follow that link, and it's officially voting time, so please vote Thrifty for Best Podcast in Pittsburgh via the city paper. Thank you so much. Busy episode today. Um, Something that I was looking forward to for a little while because I'm actually going to be talking about two of my favorite documentaries, backslash films. Um, So we're going to be getting into some, some movie stuff today. And again, I'm Toddy, and I'm here with DJ Lil. Hello. Welcome back to Thrifty. Nice uh, to be here. I think officially uh, you have, I would bet, the second or third most appearances on the show at this point. After probably Josh. I would say Josh. The L team is strong. Yeah, yeah. Gotta he, say. He did hand it off to a, a no, another great co-host mm-hmm. and hand it off to uh, the one of the best personalities in Pittsburgh. No, well, you know. Well, and, and that's another what can thing. I say? <laughs> if uh, DJ, Lil, DJ Lil may or may not be in the running for best personality in Pittsburgh. And if that's the if that's true, there's going to be a link for that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we just have to see in the future... 
if Thrifty or DJ Lil made it to their respected categories for Pittsburgh Best Of. Yeah. Uh, but today, we're going to, to get into some of my uh, favorite movies. And um, we took a look at, I took a look at DJ Lil's items today. And I was super excited to get more into those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without uh, further ado, let's hop into our first segment. What do you yes, think? I think I'm ready. Okay, so we're going to hop into something you've never seen before. Something you've never seen before. Something you've never seen at all. But it is always been at the core. So for new listeners to the show, the first act, we put together a curated thrift haul. Uh, we talk about our items as a part of the thrift haul and then ask each other questions on our items and see if we could accumulate points. And whoever has the most points wins the episode. Um, so, Lil, I think I may be submissive to you in the sense of I might let you go with your item first. Really? Well, I, I went last week first. Okay. And there's a lot of cool things. And I think... Uh, a uh, couple of things are cooler than my thing, so I was going to let you take the lead. <laughs> Not here to steal anyone's thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, so my name is Lillian, uh, a.k.a. DJ Lil, but I'm named after Lillian Gish, who was a famous silent movie star. Mm-hmm. And she also had a sister named Dorothy, and they were in movies together. Um Lillian Gish was born October 14th, 1893, and she died uh, February 27th, 1993, which is about a month after Terrible. my existence on Earth. Well, at least... So we had one month... Together. Of it, cosmic, like... In the universe <laughs> yeah. together. So she made it... Mm-hmm. Um, so she made it to, to see your birth, in a way, and Sorry, then yeah. was like... I. I Passing the torch to another Lillian. Yeah. Um, my family, like, huge movie buffs. So my parents were really into silent movies. And um, especially, like, Orphans of the Storm is one of the most famous movies with Lillian Gish. And they're like, that name is really cool. Also, it's like, not a lot of people have it. It's a very cool name. She's a very cool, you know. Personality. Personality, like... Uh, all that good stuff. So, they were really big into silent movies, and in my hometown, Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, there's this guy named Art Steffen, who started the Ann Arbor Silent Film Society, and just, you know, like a weekly, it was like every Sunday, when I was little, I would even go help kind of set up and tear down and tape wires down, um... And he was a musician. He was a, a World War II vet. I think he even conducted the women's Detroit Women's Orchestra. Oh, heck he yeah. was just like very knowledgeable. Um, Prolific sort, in a way. Yeah, sort of a, but like very humble about it. And he collected, you know, all of the film, like films, did research on silent movies. Um, and so he started this group as a way to like just, you know, preserve admire like early cinema um so he started correspondence with Lillian Gish 
you know, also back in the day, you're just like, it's like, oh, I could nowadays, it's like, oh, maybe you find some band on social media. You're yeah. like, oh, you can just immediately get in touch with them. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple. Just in seconds. A, in in a, seconds. Yeah, yeah. In a split second. Um, but obviously back in the day is more like fan letters or just like general like correspondence and people had, there were certain, you know, secretaries would go through all that kind of mail. Um, so Art got in touch with Lillian Gish after reading an interview um, from her, just like super excited about just all across the U.S., like these small groups were starting and she was like, awesome. Other people admire, like, it was very hard to yeah. put together, you know, movies when they first started. Um, yeah, because it was, a, if we think it's a whole production yeah. now of, like, it's, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's even worse. Um, very difficult. And, you know, a lot of it has been lost over time. Um, so today, that's the backstory on the item I brought today. I have here some correspondence between Lillian Gish and our family friend Art, who passed away when I was 10. Like I said, it was just kind of like a grandfather figure to me. Um, and that was very... That was, like, probably the first time I really, like, connected with, like, oh, people are super important to get to know while they're alive. Yeah. You know? Not just, like, oh, life and death, but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spend time I, with I, people Yeah. when they're here and appreciate it. I had a, a great grandmother oh. that I like legitimately knew mm-hmm. because like that's a rarity to have a great grandmother. But like, yeah, I was probably around that age too when like ten to twelve, something yeah. in there where she had passed away. So I actually got to know a great grandmother and yeah, same, same yeah. thing. Like I was like, Oh, I should yeah, this is something. Like, yeah, even at a young age, I was like, it was, I could tell it's it important. It just, like, clicked in my brain. I was like, ah, yes. Mm-hmm. That's important. Um, so I definitely look back on those memories fondly. Like, hanging out and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so here is a postcard and a letter framed nicely. And we see, like, the top, like, her name, like, her signature, like, printed as if it's her stationery and also signed on the bottom and then the postcard is writing to thank for the kind birthday wishes yeah um, it's framed very nicely it's like yeah. an eight by ten frame behind glass yeah and then beneath the correspondence is a sheet of stamps of dw griffith griffith who was um pretty much the director that she worked with I'd say the most, and I think the first that she really worked with. Um, he was a major innovator innovator of cinema, um, but unfortunately is really only known for the Birth of a Nation film. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. Can't erase things that happened. Yeah. That's it the time and place that he's from. Yep. Uh, but I feel you. Yeah. Different, different times. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he did a lot for like early like cinema and editing, all that stuff. Would you um, say, I mean, you had said like, yeah, you as a younger person was like, yeah, it's important to get to know people mm-hmm. and, you know, appreciate people too. Yeah. 
would do you believe that 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 connection maybe had like spiked your interest in cinema like what do you think from that you're like oh i should probably check out like art in general like yeah and mm -hmm. seeing someone like because he he played piano and he had been in world war ii and i guess while he was this is something he told my dad which my dad told me later um is that while he was i'm feeling very emotional right now mm -hmm. while he was you know in the war in europe he had this feeling of like well if i'm here you know like my life back home is different i yeah. like music i play piano i do this i'm interested in arts yeah. who am i supposed to be here shooting down that guy over there is probably just like me yeah like yeah yeah because everybody has everybody's everybody gets a universe like yeah. everybody is their own person in their own universe yeah so he's like if this wasn't he's like are they just a regular person like me who's just pushed into this awful um state of affairs mm -hmm. so yeah i definitely say like being kind of thinking yeah. outside your own box almost mm -hmm. like yeah, it's just it's like, there's just a big ass world yeah out there. there's so yeah. much art to appreciate out there i, I should start you know start picking up on it mm -hmm. so definitely yeah. i love movies um definitely a big name to live up to so i hope <laughs> there's <laughs> oh yeah sure <laughs> yeah. but her, uh, her career was 75 years long so but a uh, best movies, personality so. in pittsburgh might start yeah might yeah might help might be the start of that might help yeah. So, like I mentioned, she was in, you know, Orphans of the Storm. Um, but another film people might know her from in her later roles was The Night of the Hunter. Okay. Mm -hmm. With Robert Mitchum. Okay. I never famous, seen it, but like, I've... Where he has, like, the love and the hate. Yeah. Um, and she plays a pretty intense character there. Um, my trivia question. Oh, trivia question. Trivia question. Okay is i won last week yeah okay let's you see did. if i can do two weeks let's in see a row get you some points started yeah. here so like i said her career spanned over uh 75 years um at, at the age of 93 her last film role was the whales of august and she starred with which other female star oh no i'm not gonna get it i bet we'll see i actually haven't seen this one yet i had yeah i don't so, i don't know i don't even know about it yeah. So okay. okay. Um, was it A. Betty Davis, B. Mary Pickford, C. Greta Garbo, or D. None of the above? Why does this question give me deja vu? I don't know. <laughs> this gives me inc incredible deja vu. Are you vu. getting? Are there are there too many emotions? Did I stir up too many? No, 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 <laughs> no. That these these were specific. An an the, these were an answer before. Not for me. So, no. Okay. You're not pulling a fast one on me. Okay. Mm -mm, not no. yet. Not yet. Okay. So no. A. Betty Davis. B. Mary Pickford. Mary Pickford. C. Greta Garbo. D. None of the above. D. None of the above. They are all real names. They yeah. were all actors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like, I felt like I've heard, that. <laughs> but 
it's going to even be more wacky when I answer it and I'm not right. <laughs> right. And then it, it, two more years down the line, I'll be like, ah, oh, what was that? Yeah. And then I ask you the question again. <laughs> yeah. And then you ask me a question again. Episode number 400. <sighs> yeah. Who knows? Well, when we did our hundredth episode, um, we did like a hundred episode, like celebration, Josh and I, and it was like abs- at like actually like episode like 118. Or 117 or something like that. It's just at the time, both of us didn't realize we went over the hump. Mm -hmm. And then also like early, early, we're talking like first dozen episodes that we recorded. I probably threw three of those out and like delete, like some actually made it to the light Mm -hmm. of day and then I deleted them. So who even knows how many episodes, but we, yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. For this question, I am going to say A. Betty Davis, I believe, starred. Okay, that's probably because also my notes were <laughs> visible. Hmm. No, I didn't read. No, you I, didn't did see you, them? Did you okay. just accuse me of cheating? No. <laughs> Is that what I've heard? No. No, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's A, Betty Davis. Okay, see, yes. I have, I, I've seen this. I've seen this question Came in, to you in, a in dream. the world. In a dream. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting off on the right foot. Yeah. Okay, okay. Could be a hot streak this week. Well, I'll go ahead and jump over to my first thrift find for the day. I see some VHS over there. I do. And I thought that it would be better for you to go first because yours is a sentimental piece and it's uh, fantastic. And mine's just movies I like. That's okay. (laughs) Movies I like. (laughs) Um, So this uh, first find, I found this years ago. And I found this years ago, and again, Western Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh. It's uh, shows recorded in Pittsburgh. I was traveling to, and I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. For the record, um, I was traveling to State College, PA, for some dumb reason. Yeah, not sure why. Yeah, I wouldn't be go going there. to a football game because I don't support Penn State at all, no. and never did. So I don't know. But in between. Um, going back and forth there, there it, between Pittsburgh and state college, there's like five thrift stores, mm-hmm. like on one road. And the person I was dating at the time, we stopped at a thrift store, um, on the way back from whatever we were coming from. I can't remember. And in the, in the VHS shelf there, they had two copies of American movie. One was a director's cut mm-hmm. and one was just regular. And American movie is, I'm going to say, top three favorite series, top wow. three favorite movies of all time. But um, had you seen it before yeah. finding the VHS? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I at least saw it two, three times okay. before. But they had saw the case first. And so they had also, they're a big fan of American movie as well. So they got the director's cut and I got the regular cut, mm-hmm. which is, which was fair. Yeah. I was super jealous though, but American movie, it's a 1999 documentary film by Chris Smith and the film chronicles the real making of, uh, of Coven, an independent film by uh, directed by filmmaker Mark Borchardt. And Mark is a, a his work. I in I'd like to I'd like to think that growing up I kind of in a way looked up to him, in a way, because he kind of lived 
in the middle of nowhere, Milwaukee, and he was trying to put together pieces, uh, uh, different films together because he needed to raise money for his next film. So the only way that he would get paychecks were if he completed a film and then he uh, would use the money for that film to make the next to the film. next project. So he kept building it up. Um, so Coven is spelled C-O-V-E-N, which we know as Coven. Mm-hmm. Um, so Coven, but he pronounced it Coven. Okay. And so Chris Smith, uh, uh, who, who did the documentary, this uh, went on um, for a couple of years through mm-hmm. all this. And Coven it was actually produced to raise capital for another film of Mark's intended to, to make, and that film was Northwestern. So he was the whole film. He's talking about Northwestern, but he has to get Coven to click mm-hmm. to have money for Northwestern, and Coven suffers from numerous setbacks, <laughs> including poor financing, uh, a lack of proper planning, alcoholism, mm-hmm. the ineptitude of his family and friends that he got to work on the film, and the whole production team mm-hmm. that uh, he had hired. Um, and I showed you the trailer yeah. for it and it's, I hadn't heard of it before today. Yeah. Um, but I think I got to add it to the list. Yeah. And I would actually say that would s- something that we could pop in, but my VHS player is on the fritz. Oh, so no. I haven't, I haven't had a working VHS player for probably, probably about eight months oh, now. No. And because of the pandemic, I wasn't going out to to get anything. So, like, I've just recently started to um, bring in more things to, like, the brick body shop and stuff like that. Um, So, I'm going to be on uh, lookout for another VHS player. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, so, it's basically Mark and his best friend, Mike. And they're just two goofy dudes Mm -hmm. in small town and mark gets um his the oldest family member that he has and it's never really explained why but this family member has a bunch of money and mark is like dude if you give me some money i can make coven and then once coven drops and is a big success Mm -hmm. i can make northwestern and that's gonna make me completely and the man had no faith whatsoever in Mark at all. <laughs> um, Mark's mom was very supportive as well, but had no faith generally. But she wanted to help because she wanted to help her yeah. son. Um, Mark's partner in the film, pretty much the same way. And he was, they were very sweet with one another, but she was like, I, I don't know. They're happy to see him happy, working yes. towards something. Yes. So that's nice, dear. And so... Um, but there's there's a lot of quotable moments in in the show, and during the during the production of Coven, mm-hmm. um, he goes to the 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 old man's like uh, it's it's like a mobile home but a little bigger and it's just a wreck, but he keeps wanting to update. His, oh, his name is Bill, so Mark keeps going to Bill's house to update him on uh coven Mm -hmm. and how it's going because he wanted to like he basically wanted to be like no that like be positive this is why it's gonna rock right and every time he would show up he'd be like this is what's going right okay so a thousand things are going wrong i get it (laughs) this is what's going right and the old man bill was just like it's for the birds like it's literally for the birds and um the way mark carries himself he's a very honest guy 
and he says man a lot. Like he'll be like, just yeah, like man, we got to do this, man. Like man, we got to do this, and he says man a hundred and fifty one times during the film. <laughs> um, there that is, sounds like a drinking game you shouldn't play. If I did, I would die. Yeah. Right. Um, there is a family moment captured that, for whatever reason, really made me feel like Pittsburgh. Um, so the uh, Packers are in the Super Bowl at the time. Oh. And the whole family is in the kitchen, and they're looking at, like, a tiny tube TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark is just drunk as hell, just completely drunk as hell. And he talks about going to get, like, more booze. But there's a shot of him, like, opening up the fridge. There's uh-huh. booze in the fridge. And I don't know if he just didn't see it or what. Right. Or he was – I don't know. But he's just like, I got to go get more. And there was, like, clearly more. And when the Packers were winning, he was so excited and stuff like that. And he just, like, goes on this, like, random tangent. And he's like, I'm not going to fucking be like everybody else. Like, I'm going to fucking do this. <laughs> fuck this. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. Like, I'm yeah. going to not be like – I'm going to break out of this. And he sort of like, he sort of like kind of yells at his mom, mm-hmm. but it's more not like at her. It's more about like, basically he's saying like, like, wake up. Like you have like, yeah, like you got to do your own thing. You can't just follow this certain path. that's mm-hmm. like, that's put in front of you. If you don't want to, you could like be somebody. But again, it was Mark. So he's just like, like, yeah. And so he was just rambling. And then he's just like, I'll never be like you. I'll never be like hey, you. I'll on, never be. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's an adult man. Yeah. Um, but there's there's so many good scenes. Aww. There's so many good scenes. There's ones there's ones where um, uh, where he goes through the things that he has that he appreciates and stuff like that. And there's like a little B side stuff of him like uh, going through his mail. And he's just like, oh, kick fucking ass. Got approved for a credit card. Cool. And then he's like, oh god. He just opens stuff up like, oh. <laughs> Oh no! And the next one, he's like, "Oh no!" Oh, like no. <laughs> you just assume it's bills. Worse and worse. And there's a shot. There's a couple shots in Coven. Uh, one um, that sticks out um, was uh, they're in a uh, like a like a hospital scene. Instead of wearing hospital badges, they're wearing their driver's license. <laughs> Which is a good way around that. Right, yeah, yeah. And there's also a scene where there's like, uh, it's like kind of chaotic. They're in, a, they're in a kitchen and two people are fighting. And he wants to throw his friend's head through like a cabinet door. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw, saw that in the, the trailer. trailer. Oh, man. Yeah, he wants to throw his, head, his friend's head through a cabinet door. So he's like, well, obviously I can't throw his head through the door. Like, full like it's not gonna break so he pre-notches the back of the cabinet door so it will bust open so it will bust open but um turns out uh long story short that never came to play and so he it's time to shoot and thinking that it's already done he was like okay let's throw his head through the cabinet so he throws his head into the cabinet and it just bounces back so he does it again and does it again. And finally, he's just like, cut, like, cut. And the guy's like concussed and he opens the cabinet and he's like, oh, oh. man, no, that was never going to go through, dude. That was sorry. That was never going to go through. Oh, sorry. Um, but I'm happy to report that like Mark, modern day Mark is mm-hmm. fine. Oh, cool. Um, there's like some sitcoms that like it's definitely a cult following of his. Yeah. But he was on Letterman. Mm-hmm. Like he Good was job, on. Mark. Yeah. Good job. So generally speaking. He did make it. 
whatever you want to say, however he mm-hmm. got there, no matter. He did yeah. make it. He did, you know, he did follow his own path and mm-hmm. he did make it to success. And uh, Mike, his his friend, um, had issues with drugs. And during the film is when he kind of he kind of cleaned up mm-hmm. um, and he was off of drugs during the film. And um, it was kind of a great moment between friends because he was kind of coming clean of drugs and just kind of being a regular guy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, but they still drank together all the time. But modern day Mike mm-hmm. is actually fine, too. Good. Um, and Mike, and I found this probably about four or five years ago, so I don't know the update since then, but okay. Mike found a partner that I swear to God is just like Mike. Like she is just like him. They, they speak the same way. They talk the same way. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So Mike did it. So like mm-hmm. whatever you want to say about he did yeah. it. Um, and he's also a very talented musician and, um, yeah, they, I believe it was like a record store. They oh, were nice. they owned, so I was like, okay, for Mike. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is yeah, this is like small town mm-hmm. Milwaukee, yeah. And not to give too many spoilers away, but because uh, I do, if you haven't seen it, definitely see it. But yeah, it's Good, like, like a, DIY Midwestern DIY. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the film, they do give you an update on Northwestern and what's going on with that because the whole thing is he's talking about Northwestern right. while filming this. So everything actually ended up pretty okay um, in some ways. Right. <laughs> at the end of that. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I come to my first thrifty trivia trivia question for you. Ooh. And it is about Milwaukee. Okay. So um, low key, Milwaukee has been largely a city of firsts. Mm-hmm. And uh, the city became the first to do what in mm-hmm. 1910? 1910. First city to do what in 1910? A. Sell the first hot dog. B. Develop a transcontinental railroad. C. Elect a socialist mayor. Hmm. D. Nada. None of the above. They didn't do any of these three things. What What? What was Milwaukee the first city to do in 1910? A, sell the first hot dog. B, develop a transcontinental railroad. C, elect a socialist mayor or D, none of the above. What are your thoughts there? Well, you might be trying to fool me if it's a city of firsts. City of firsts. And you just made up those first three of firsts. I could have. And the D could be everything else they did first. I could have. Other stuff was not first. I could have. I'm going to go D. You're going D, none of the above. So you think I would D you here? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I got a point so far. Because it's easy to write mm-hmm. up all that stuff. So what was I that? Would think. What was Milwaukee uh, the first to do in 1910? Uh, you said D, none of the above. The mm-hmm. correct answer is C, elect a socialist mayor. Socialist mayor. Socialist mayor. Darn. Uh, and the socialist mayor was named Emil Seidel. In 1910. Congratulations. Uh, Develop a transcontinental railroad with Salt Lake City. Yeah, I figured that was a little more west. Yeah. And then A, sell the first hot dog. I have no idea. None idea. I just wrote that one. So someone did it, I'm sure. Mm, You could write that as a... uh, Who Extra credit Shane point for the next tiebreaker. Extra credit Shane point. what city sold the first hot dog what city sold the first hot dog and if you know without googling 
at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram. But don't be Googling first because I can do that. I can do that right now and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So that was my first piece, and that's American Movie on VHS. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to watching that whenever I get around to yeah. it. My next piece is from the same part of the country. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So let's get some more DIY Midwestern, although this is on purpose comedy mm-hmm. parody. Um, we're looking at today Mystery Science Theater 3000s. Uh, collection of DVDs, Volume 2. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a favorite in my household growing up. Um, basically, it's just parodying off, like, mm-hmm. riffing on movies. Um, couple robots, a couple guy. Couple robots and a guy. The, yeah, the premise is Joel, who is played by the creator, Joel Hodgson. The character is Joel Robinson, mm-hmm. and he is a janitor uh, that works at Gizmonics Institute and is shot into space by mad scientists. There we are. Sometimes that happens. Um, so each week they give him experiments of making him watch really, really bad B-movies. Um, since he's lonely in space, he built some robots to keep him company. So he's got Tom Servo. Who's kind of like a gumball machine with a little beak. With a beak. And little, like, slinky Eyes. arms with hands. Yeah. Um, who sings a lot. Nothing like building your own friends. Yeah, no. It's right? Not, <laughs> not like building own, your friends. Their own character, personalities. Um, Crow T. Robot, who is my favorite of the robots. Um, he has kind of a, it's like a gold shimmery look to him. So, yeah. yeah, definitely bird-like. They're both a little bit They're bird-like. a little bird-like. Um, so he's gold, he's got big eyes, and the top of his head is sort of like a hockey goalie mm-hmm. mask piece. Um, and then Gypsy, who's like a giant vacuum cleaner thing with, who just appears once in a while. Um, so Tom Servo, Crow, and Joel make up the classic silhouette. In the mm-hmm. bottom right-hand corner while they're watching the movie. Um, so, yeah, they just, like, joke during the movie, sing along with it, comment on it, etc., etc. Um, then there's skits in between um, on the show, in between movie sign, where they do either little parodies of whatever movie it is they have that day, or invention exchanges yeah. are always exciting. Yeah. Um, and then all kinds of other things instead. Sometimes Joel has break, uh, mental breakdowns of growing up as a child in the 60s. and has, That's a part of it. Yeah, that's a part of it. Do you have a favorite? He's trapped in space, you know. Like, Do you have a favorite? Funny you say that, because a lot of them are on this box set. Ah, okay, we have, okay. We have here um, shorts. They did a couple collections of just like the short movies so yeah just like little clips of like oh like we're gonna go travel to florida or like this is looking at animals and um also a lot in the 50s like the hygiene like body grooming and like educational (laughs) materials all that kind of fun stuff um so those are always a fun time and also on this collection is pod people pod people i don't believe i know of which 
It's about an alien creature from an egg, and he can do magic. Stupid magic. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't remember that one. That one's kind of cool. It's one of those movies where it's like, there's two separate movies happening at once, and you're not sure how they're going to connect. That, yeah. They'll they figure it out in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell is probably one of my other favorite movies that they do. It's just fun. like a weird drunk '70s cop who doesn't get much done. I in uh, the Mitchell car. We were kind of talking about this uh, when we were driving to my place, and I didn't remember at the time what it was, but I do remember now. Um, so this was about a decade ago, um, but. I saw them do riff tracks of the film Birdemic. Okay. So Birdemic. I've heard Birdemic, but have not seen that or the riff tracks yet. It's something. Birdemic is your typical like B movie, real bad B movie. Yeah. And then about halfway through it, the yeah, it's the birds start Birdemicking. Birdemic. <laughs> and it it just once it starts, it doesn't stop. And I saw this movie as a movie, as mm-hmm. a regular movie. And then years down the line, I heard that they were doing a riff tracks of mm-hmm. it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And so I went to a movie theater and it was like a simulcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was at one of those for riff tracks. And then, um, yeah, so riff tracks is a related show. They also have a uh, cinematic Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's, yeah, that's the one I saw live because that's what Joel does now. I believe that Mike, who was Joel's replacement in space, is doing the riff tracks. Yeah. Um. Then they also had a little reboot on Netflix in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I'd say dig deep, go back to those those classic episodes, those old ones are super good. I've never I seen love the Joel's new ones. Just like, just like always just his demeanors just on point um yeah there used to be a, like a phrase at the end of the credits like keep the keep the tapes in circulation mm-hmm. or something they're like we need the fans it's yeah like cult following yeah. like keep it's, the tapes yeah, it has keeps to. the tapes circling mm-hmm. but of course you gotta they had to cut that out for like copyright reasons sure um, sure 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 but, yeah, but, I mean, this started, like, a very small station in Minnesota, I believe. Um, that's a cool place for a station. Yeah. Minnesota. I've always wanted to go to St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know why. I always did. Yeah, it's, it's on my list yeah. of, like, places in the U.S. to... Mm-hmm. I drove through there. Did not stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, let's see. Brings me to my trivia. Trivia question. Let's see if I can do two for two mm-hmm. today. So during the original run, which was 1988 to 1999, that of Mystery long. Science Theater. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, how many episodes were produced? Damn. Okay. Was it A, 82, B, 125, C, 197, or D, none of the above? Those all make a ton of sense. I truthfully thought the original run was like 92 to like 96 or 7. They were, I think they were actually one of the first 
shows picked up by the Comedy Central. Yeah. That would make sense then. So Um so A And then they were it was the sci like the sci fi channel got created. Yeah, so A eighty two. Eighty two. B ninety seven. Um hundred and twenty five. <laughs> long day c i know the heat is starting to melt us yeah um c is 197 okay so that's where i got that number yes, i was like yes, bro i'm making no, up numbers not quite okay or d none of the above none mm-hmm. of them um i jumped into that d uh-huh. uh regretfully okay i don't know that on that first question. Yeah. Oh, I was like, hmm, okay. I'm going to say how many original episodes in the original series in the original run. I am going to answer with B. 125 is my final answer of how many Mystery Science Theater's episode was in the original run. It was C. 197. Oh, which you boy. said the 97 part. Yeah. But then I confused you by reading the numbers again. No, no, no. I was wrong. I was just straight up wrong. Oh. Damn it. Okay. Well, see, that makes a lot of sense because I think in my brain, I thought there was 125 because I didn't think it was gonna, that long of a run. Fair. So probably in my brain, I was like, yeah, you, yeah, 125. So you have just one, one point. Yep. And I have... Mm-mm. Zero points. Nothing. Maybe on maybe your one. next item. Yes. Maybe I can buy a point. So the next item, another item I'm pretty excited to talk about today. And it is another thrifted VHS tape. This protect- particular VHS tape I got probably um, a couple of years ago now. And I don't believe I ever had. I've had wrestling VHS on the show, but never this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is also, um, documentary adjacent. So it's not just wrestling, but it's a, another documentary and it's called beyond the mat mm-hmm. and beyond the mat actually, uh, made it to select theaters in like the year 2000. Okay. Um, so it's a 1999 American documentary, uh, filmed, produced, written, and narrated by Barry Blostein. And, um, I would say that he himself thought something of this piece. And the reason why I believe that is, is because when he shot it and did everything, it was out so quickly. So he had to just keep working on it and working on it. And the film focuses on the lives of uh, like veteran professional wrestlers outside of the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are primarily, they take a look at Mick Foley uh, Terry Funk and Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. And all three of those um, individuals had a bad time at some point. Um, Jake the Snake, to this day, still works in the business. He does not in-ring work. Okay. But he is employed by AEW, and he is a manager now. Um, and Jake the Snake was the guy in the, in the 80s and 90s who had a snake in a bag and would bring out the snake. Uh, a famous snake attack would be uh, against Macho Man Randy Savage. He, uh, so he had a snake, and what he would do is uh, he'd beat his opponent and mm-hmm. put a, a snake on him. Yeah. 
Well, this particular night, um, Randy Savage was like, I want the snake to bite me. And Jake was like, bruh, do you, it can bite you because it wasn't poisonous. Right, yeah. And there is a very, uh, I won't even say gruesome, but like very real um, scene, not in this uh, in this film, but in the canon of Jake the Snake, is he ties Randy Macho Man Savage to the ropes and the snake bites him and oh. it won't let go. Oh, no. So well, you asked for it. Yeah, so it's him like kind of in character trying to be like, I got to get it off. And he starts bleeding from the, the bites. Um, but he has his issues with alcoholism. Yeah. Um, some drug usage and his alcoholism does unfortunately come up in the film and they do document it. Uh, Terry Funk was kind of in the spotlight at the time because Terry Funk was old as dirt then. And he, Terry Funk has retired from wrestling like every two years is Mm. his last match. And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. Like the Rolling Stones. Like Like the Rolling Stones. Only was the Rolling Funk. Yeah. (laughs) In Mick Foley, um, has most of his brain cells and Mick Foley did a lot of different characters. He was known for Cactus Jack. He okay, was known for man- Mankind. That rings a bell. Yeah. And then another one, Dude Love. And then he was just straight up Mick Foley. So they basically, it, it was kind of like the many faces of Foley. He played all these characters throughout time. And Beyond the Mat focuses on WWF at the time. It's WWE mm-hmm. now, but at the time, WWF and also ECW. And ECW is Extreme Championship Wrestling, and it was like a hardcore federation. And the, the footage was shot over five years. The budget was $500,000. And um, they billed it as the movie Vince McMahon didn't want you to see. Ooh. And we'll find out a little bit later why. Um, But Darren Aronofsky, who uh, got the idea for the film The Wrestler, Mm -hmm. which came out in 2008, he got the idea to make a movie, The Wrestler, based on Beyond the Mat. And uh, the the main character in The Wrestler is named Randy the Ram, and he based that off Jake Roberts. Okay. Um, But there is kind of an iconic clip in Beyond the Mat, and you see inside the business offices of the WWF, and Vince McMahon, who at the time, this was like his his monster run. Like this is his height of the popularity mm-hmm. of wrestling, the very height of popularity mm-hmm. in wrestling. And at the time, um, he had the most popular wrestling in the entire world. And an argument can be made that it still is. But it was when everyone watched wrestling. Yeah. Like, like you just watched it. Everyone did. And there is a wrestler, uh, Darren Drozdoff, a.k.a. Draws. Um, he was uh, brought into the company. He mm-hmm. was new to the company. And um, Vince wanted to name him Puke because uh, Draws was a football player and he was known to puke before every football game. Out of nerves, out yeah, of it, yeah. it, it just of he would just puke. It just it would just happen. For some people, it just happens. Yeah. So Vince wanted to do a a puke thing with him, and so he was in 
Vince's office. And so Vince was like talking about the ideas he had. And then basically what they call is like shooting, like, like doing it for real. Like uh-huh. Vince was like encouraging him to puke and like to get in character. So Vince like kind of got in character and he gave him a waste basket mm-hmm. and he was like, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. And he wanted him to like puke in front right, of him. On the like, spot. He's gonna puke. And then he, yeah. Cause that's what you just, yeah, it's Vince McMahon. Like he's gonna, like he's gonna shoot at your feet and yeah. he wants you to dance. And if you dance, you're a star. You're mm-hmm. rich now. Um, so that's like a big iconic moment in, in that too. Uh, draws um, a few years later um, actually unfortunately became paralyzed because there was a in-ring accident. Um, it was in, in not that it's any better if it was a televised match, but for the record, mm-hmm. it wasn't a televised match. It mm-hmm. was just like a what they call a dark match, which is the yeah. match that when you're walking into the venue, it's happening just to kind of set the mood. And he took a power bomb and um, his shirt, he was wearing a shirt when he was wrestling, which some people do, some people don't. And his shirt was really baggy. Uh-huh. And the wrestler who was doing the power bomb, his name's D'Lo Brown, it, it, he slipped on his shirt. And so he kind of threw him down oh. and jammed him on his neck and paralyzed him. Oh. Um, there is actually no beef between the two of them to this day. Um, Draws is still around. Um, it was just a one of those unfortunate things. One of those angle. things. It could have it could have happened exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. And then he could have just been fine because, you uh, you know, every so often you see somebody accidentally dropped on their head and sometimes they're fine. Yeah. Sometimes they're paralyzed. Yeah, just the perfect angle. So there was no beef between okay. the two of them. And D'Lo Brown actually, um, I still think, works behind the scenes for WWE to this day. But mm. he he was an in-ring wrestler up until about five, six years ago, D'Lo okay. Brown. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty iconic wrestling documentary. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper said it's the best wrestling mm-hmm. documentary he's ever seen. Hot Rod Roddy. Hot Rod Roddy. I rest in peace. Um, so my question, my trivia question, hmm. um, when I said the movie Vince McMahon didn't want you to see, um, why did he ha- why did Vince McMahon take exception to it once the film was released? Why was he out on it at that point? Because originally, he was like, sure, yeah. A, they received no compensation. B, he didn't realize that it would expose the business. Because at the time, the business was very much... People knew there was a, it was a work, but yeah. also like it just basically gave you everything. C, the WWF feared that the film showed Vince McMahon in a bad light. Because, yeah, we now know Vince McMahon in a bad light now, but then it was like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it was just narcissism. Everybody yeah. always knew he was evil, but that's like physical proof on right. film behind the scenes he is. Or there was another reason. D, none of the above. So hmm. why did Vince McMahon take exception to the film once it was released? A, they received no compensation. B, he didn't realize it would expose the business. C, the WWF feared the film would show Vince McMahon in a bad light. Or D, none of the above. Hmm. What are your thoughts there? A, could work because he seems greedy. and Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously it's a movie with a limited, sort of limited budget. Yeah. Um, 
B is kind of like duh. Duh. <laughs> duh. duh. Uh, I'd like to go with C. C. I think. Which is the WWF fear the film showed Vince McMahon in a bad light. I think so. I think C. Okay. Why did Vince McMahon take exception to the film once it was released? You said C. The WWF feared the film showed Vince McMahon in a bad light. The correct answer is A. They received no compensation. I am am not great with these. I think that's a good answer. I think, honestly, I think I did a pretty okay with this. You did, yeah. (laughs) Um, So the reason why they. Uh, didn't receive financial compensation for this is because that was originally agreed Mm. and Vince McMahon wanted to do it for exposure. Yeah. And he's always been into the sports entertainment aspect of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. So a part of it, he didn't real, and they call it kayfabe. And what kayfabe is, is like knowing it's a work. He wasn't uh, really worried about exposing the business because he thought it would put eyes on his product and stuff like that. But he didn't realize the budget of the film, for one. Um, and he, it, after it was released, it did very, very well. I mean, it made it to movie theaters, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So Vince was well, like... Well, probably once he saw that, he's like, hey, yeah. I know we agreed on something, but yeah. um, I'm mad now. So that was the thing. So basically, okay. he didn't realize it would have as much eyes on it as it did. He didn't realize it would be a big thing. He was just like, yeah, this could be a thing we do. Someone's making a movie, sure. Somebody's making a movie around our offices, and you're right. He's like a big, you know, narcissist, egotistical, you know, greedy, Mm -hmm. everything. So he's like, sure, sure, sure. Let's show him around. Like, oh, there's cameras here. I'd love to show you all this weird stuff we do. And so he didn't realize it was going to be as big as it was. Okay. So once it hit and people liked it and the dude started earning his money back, Vince was like, well, hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. What about me? What about me? What about me? And so... Vince McMe. Vince McMe. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't receive compensation for it. And so he was trying to Shucks. cancel the whole thing from happening. And at that point, he had turned and was telling everybody in the business to, like, blacklist the guy, blacklist the industry, oh, blacklist whatever this man was trying to do. Yeah. And part of me understands that because if somebody pitches like hey uh i'm gonna film some stuff and i'm not gonna be here every day but every so often i'm gonna come by your studio and whatever's going on in Mm -hmm. titan towers i'm gonna film it for a little bit maybe we'll put it together someday and then he didn't realize it was gonna be a big piece deal so the part of me that understands that is I understand that at baseline. Mm-hmm. The part of me that doesn't understand that is Vince McMahon did make money because it did. It was a huge exposure for yeah. him. So he did, in essence, make money on it. He just wasn't given a check for From it. From that yeah. movie. Yeah. So I by I get it in theory. Yeah. But like he didn't he didn't lose a meal. Because some guy didn't get, no. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. fast forward to 2020, and he's still operating his federation during a pandemic when some of his wrestlers have gotten COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he, he it's money, money, money. Yeah. So, it's always him with the money, but unfortunately, no points for you. That's okay. No points for you. Maybe I'll, I'll do surprise attack in Vintage versus Modern. I only got one. 
This is just like last week. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, um, you, you, you didn't get any this, this round, but I don't know. Maybe you could, uh, maybe you could tie me or, uh, I might, I'll, I'll think about it mm. during the break. But I might put my point on the line because okay. I didn't last week. This is true. So I may risk it. We'll see. But uh, we're going to head into Act 2. And Act 2 today is actually a thrifty clip. This very podcast is an old clip. One of my favorite clips of all time of the show is Josh Last Call Larkin, the original co-host for the show, and myself in my old attic bedroom because I used to live in an old attic in some in some guy's house and we are playing uh we are playing uh, a an old uh WCW video game and much like the episode 2 weeks ago I mic'd the TV while uh Shane and I played NHL 2007 well this is I mic'd the TV when we were wrestling so that's going to be Act 2. Um, so this is Thrifty Podcast. Stay tuned. I'm going to go... Oh boy, I know what I'm going to do. But I don't want to tell you yet. So let's do ex- exhibition match. Yeah, see, I feel like the match with Habanero to warm up might have been my downfall. Because, because I know Habanero. You know his moveset, and you only yeah. have a couple moves in this mm-hmm. game. And he's got a spin kick that's going to connect numerous times. Well, but. I have decided since it you are the champion, you are defending your championship, I've decided that I would like you to pick who I'm going to be. Okay. As a champion's advantage. Yeah. Um, so Habanero's defending. Select him. Yeah, we're going to go Habanero here. And then with the WCW guys and some of the fake guys, we're actually going to go with uh, Masahiro Chono Ooh, from WCW. Masahiro Chono. I didn't think, because I know Chono's one of your favorites, and I didn't think that's who you were going to fight. If I had to guess anybody, I thought you were going to give me, like, like, Benoit or something weird like that. Oh, no, I can't bring in Benoit. Still opposed to that. I almost did Siberia, uh, who is Dr. Death Steve Williams. Okay, Siberia would have been cool. Yeah, I think Masahiro Chono, and I think you'll enjoy his kick. Um, He's got, like, the big running Yakuza kick. All right, so here here we are live. Uh, Habanero defending the thrifty championship of 21 years against Masahiro Chono. Yeah, and I don't remember. I don't know what ring this This is. This is the virtual wrestling ring. Looks uh Chono in the black tights, Habanero in the red yeah, tights for with in, the red mask. Yeah, he's got a little like mask with the hair out. Oh, Chono just punching him in the face. Taunt. Oh, and a taunt to start off. Early I got, taunt. I gotta remember the controls again. Oh, oh there they are. Those are the controls. Kick by our champion, Habanero. Oh, the running oh, front kick again. Try to do the taunt. Oh, he missed with what the back. What a miss moonsault. Early pop from the crowd for Habanero. Yeah, standing moonsault missed. Took a bump. Oh. Lock up. Oh, oh, the forearm. Front forearm. Missed oh. the moonsault again. I got to get, I'm going to give you some space here. All right. Get my ass kicked. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Virtual wrestling. Yeah, it's a ring. minute. It's a minute in. Minute I think. in. Uh, yeah, Habanero is just a little ahead. 
See, I wore the green in the first match with you. I tried to switch it up at oh. least. Oh, Ooh. a jumping kick to the face. Jumping kick to the face by Habanero to the Chono oh. and Chono. Chono punches him twice and he spills over the ropes. Chono with a quick jab to the face, tosses yeah. Habanero over the top rope. Habanero is eating the count, five count. See, there's a 20 count in this game, though. Oh, that running front kick is really doing some damage. Yeah, well, you got to stop trying to get that taunt, and that taunt takes forever. Front neck breaker by Chono here on Habanero. I'm going to go brute force again. Oh. Whips Into the ropes. the ropes. And if we know anything about my rope moves, nothing comes after nope. them. I keep thinking that uh, Square actually does anything, and no. it doesn't. Oh, strong oh. style, double elbows. <laughs> Just trading Over shots. Over the top, Habanero. Oh, trading shots in the middle of the ring, back Over and forth. Over the top, Habanero. Three. Eating some of that count. Four. I'm going to try to get you to battle on the outside. Oh, back into the ropes. Back into the ropes. Nothing. Oh, oh. and a front kick by Habanero. All right. Oh, oh, my God. Runs into the kick. If there's blood on. Oh, the forearm again. Front forearm. Come on, Chono. Get Here up. We go. Oh, What's we got this? an arm breaker. Oh, yeah. Make arm a tap. Breaker. First attempt for submission. I think that really worked against uh, fake Ken Shamrock. Well, I don't know why you keep trying to taunt me. Because I, I don't think that kick's going to hit. It hits every time. Uh-oh. We have a full oh, power, power bomb. bomb for nothing. Oh. Chono, if nothing else, is a resilient fighter. Keeps running trying to set up that kick, but I know it's coming. Oh, oh he cartwheels out of that head cartwheels scissors. Cartwheels out of the front head scissors. Oh, and again. Two. You can't front head. Time he does it. You cannot. Oh, my God. not. Do that to me. I will cartwheel out of most things, oh, but not that kick. Most this crowd that kick. would be popping so hard if you did three cartwheels like that. Oh, here's the leg lock. Leg lock from Habanero, the champ, There's onto Chono. No rope break, apparently, because you were right there. Yeah. Oh, oh finally, Hurricane It worked Rana. that time. Arm breaker on Chono. We're about goes. five minutes in. i got to get to these ropes, or I'm going to be tapping out here. Oh, five and a half. Come on. Chono hasn't done anything nothing, for a while. Nothing for a while. Oh, oh, the double, double kick. kick. Oh, two oh, kicks no, in this indie spot. <laughs> this is Three total. kicks. Yeah, we this is Young Buck's setup right here. Three kicks. Yeah, you were going for like a, a drop kick, and I was going for the oh, uh, front my spinning kick. Your patented front kick. Six minutes in, the champ looks strong. Yeah, you're starting to get a little winded. Yeah. Oh, that kick never hits. Oh, here's a suplex. Suplex by the champ. Down on the mat here. Oh, Moonsault connects. Oh, oh, tried to hit him with the spin kick as he stood up, but he ducked. Oh, oh the man. Front face kick. Front face kick. Champ is looking good. Here comes the arm bar again. The arm bar again to Chono in the black trunks here. Oh, you can hear it grinding out. Yeah. Oh. oh, Chono's got a special somehow. Yeah. Fuck off with that. Oh, oh, you know. No, you, you can't hold the uh, D-pad when you're trying to hit your special. Oh, man, it's really? Just, yeah, it's just straight circle. Straight circle. Kip up. 
Oh, oh, a punch to the face by the champ. Yeah, if you the uh, champ is down is oh, oh the STF STF if, by Chono. If you hold down circle, your guy will eventually put his hands in the air, and then you'll do your special. But you lost your special. Oh, uh, now I'm eating these hur hurricane ranas like they're Michelina's dinner. I don't know how I'm not kicking you in the head with that move there, but oh, he's back up kicking me. Oh, punch! Get him! Yeah, your kick is really, really inaccurate. Yeah, I can't hit it. Ah! The Yakuza, I can see coming. Oh, he spins out of another hurricane. Oh, oh there we go. Drops him. Finally, a kick by Chono, uh, knocking the champ down. Some elbows. Triangle pins, remember? Yeah. Back up! Oh, Habanero's fighting him off. Oh, oh Chono, Chono goes the to the outside. Ch Chono over the top Two. rope, struggling. I'm gonna eat this count a little bit. I gotta think about. Oh, oh! Habanero. Habanero comes out and Chono's kick for the first time. Hits. I'm afraid you're gonna hit me outside the ring by 20. So yeah, I'm, I'm going back in. in. I will win by a count out, but I don't want. How do I get in? It's a hold towards it, hit square. Okay, back in the ring. So the only time my patented kick has hit was outside the ring, which gives me no advantage. I was just hurricane rounded over. Habanero to the top, moonsault, oh, missed it. Missed. 360 moonsault. Oh. Missed it. The I can't believe it. I was gonna finish you with it. The champ is quick to his feet though. I'm gonna I'm gonna gloat a little, because I can feel it. Okay. We're 21 years has led to the, led you to this moment. <laughs> your life. Kick to the, the kick head. again. Chono with the cover, nothing. Oh, not even a one count. I don't want to say it, but that was a, that was just a direct fuck you. Yeah. Not even staying down for the that one count. That was a count. direct fuck you. <laughs> you couldn't even put me over that much. Almost nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Standing splash missed again. Oh, oh over the top rope. Out. Chono throws Habanero over the top rope. The champ outside, Three. climbing the top rope. Oh, it's a bad idea. Oh! <laughs> oh. Chono went up top for a dive to the outside. Eight. Habanero rolls back in under him. You got up pretty quickly after it, though. Yeah. Eight. Chono back in the ring, the challenger. Oh! oh. Kick me a, in the a dick! Ki a dick kick. kick! I grabbed you from behind, and you kicked me in the dick. A dick kick? I thought I heard a bell. Oh, that are was. These, are these boys playing through the bell? No, that was uh, just a sound effect to oh, show that you would kick me in the sound, balls. A yeah. dick ball sound effect. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> my balls. That, I thought that was the end of the match. I thought I was disqualified. You should have been, but my dick is the Liberty Bell. Oh. Bridge suplex. Oh, that, uh, is that, that's a headlock? That's a headlock by Chono. We saw a bridge suplex and a headlock by you Chono. Got a special again. He's really taking it to him. Nope. Oh, he cartwheels out of it. Oh. Again. Again. Fuck this noise. Against the into ropes. Into the ropes. Can you do anything? Oh, no. Into the corner. Into the corner. Oh, oh my god. That kick I connected. I kicked this son of a bitch over the top that rope. That was a, like a 1997 Three. version of Sammy's oh. hell of a kick. Yeah. Like. Just dropped me from the corner the challenger, to the Chono outside. Threw Habanero against the top turnbuckle. Chono has oh. kicked Habanero over the top rope in a disgusting manner, and oh. then a kick again to the head, right to the face. Chono with the cover. One, two, three. three it's it. over. That's it's over. Done. That kick on the outside. That was a good match, brother. That was miraculous I was done. comeback. 
Masahiro Chono beats the champion, Habanero. 10.39. That was a great, great match. At 10.39 into the match, boy, I felt some momentum. My, my competitor here, Chono, had him in the ring. He did that headlock, and then he did uh, um, when I flipped you over my back. Felt some momentum. I threw Habanero against the top turnbuckle. A hard boot over the ropes. I will also say you kicked me in the balls. <laughs> I kicked you in the balls in the to start middle the of comeback. the ring. In the middle of the ring, mm -hmm. and that's what started it all. Yeah, it was a blatant cheap shot. So Habanero attempting to to get back at me rolls into the ring. A swift kick to the side of the head in the one, two, three for the new champion after 21 years. Wow, 10 minutes and 39 seconds was all it took after 21 years to end it all. Back to Act Three. Uh, so, DJ Lil, what what type of kombucha are we drinking right now? Super gingery. It's a lemon ginger. I like it. It's nice and it's like that spice from ginger. Yeah. And like we have one fan in the room right now. Yeah, we do. Um, and heat usually goes to my head or my stomach. Mm -hmm. And right now, I feel like my brain is becoming a puddle. Yeah, I... So, not sure how you're... How are you feeling? Oh, not good. Okay. Um, Not good at... Like, I'd like, say bad, if you like want to word. A sip of that helped. I feel a little yeah. rejuvenated, reminded that I'm here. Yeah, because Secret Revealed... Yeah, we're collecting episodes here. Like, we've recorded <laughs> a few episodes here. And the... Yeah, my living room is is pretty hot, and mm -hmm. but there's an air conditioner in the window, and then we have like an old, actually pretty cool fan. Yeah, there is a, a slight breeze from it. Uh, the blinds are drawn, so there's no direct sunlight. No, but I think something this is it's a little stuffy, and so mm -hmm. yeah, my brain has started to melt. Uh, uh, speaking of K King Prin, who we talked about uh, last week, uh, he and I have a saying that uh, uh, lights are for guests. <laughs> like the only time we really put on lights is when someone is over mm -hmm. like we will sit in the dark yeah that's see i'm yeah at home i'm like i have a string of christmas lights and the one light bulb in the corner and that's and about that's it that's about all mm -hmm. really kills the mood otherwise the only times and i'll admit that he has stopped doing this which is kind of cool um the only times that these blinds ever get open is when shane you know, and it's a it's a very very valid normal request. Mm -hmm. It's like, is could we put some sunlight in this room here? Like, <laughs> what are we that? doing here? Yeah. So that was the only time that the blinds were ever like Moved. up. Mm -hmm. And also, I had a roommate who just I would come home and the blinds would be up everywhere. Oh, it's and, always the. And I'd be like, uh, worst. Especially, it's like cool. I get home from work. I'm like, yeah. taking the bra off right away. Yeah. If I've worn one. Yeah. Because it's right? hot out. So. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, making sure all those blinds are drawn. So. It's tough. Warm. And we had uh, for Brick Body Kids, we had the studio lights out yesterday. And there's four studio lights. Mm -hmm. And um, Shane was posting eBay listings from the stuff that we were taking pictures of. And. Uh, oh, wait. No, this is two weeks in the future. So two weeks ago we were doing this. And um, so I the under the four studio lights. Oh yeah. With a like fan. Fifteen degrees hotter. I I thought I was gonna pass out. Oh no. And then I finally was like, I think I'm gonna pass out. And Shane was like, Oh yeah, me too. I'm like, Thank God. Somebody I thought say it was something. just me. Yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was just me. Um. 
so yeah, let's let's well, we get got into one, it. One segment left. One then... segment left, and I have decided I will risk my You're point. Risk the point. So if I get this right, I will get, I will have three points total. If I get this wrong, nothing. I will have nothing, and will give you the opportunity to see if you could win the episode. You are on, admittedly, a losing streak. Yeah, that's true. Uh. I guess I'll go it's first, okay. and we're going to hop into Vintage versus Modern. Vintage versus Modern. And for new listeners to the show, Vintage versus Modern, with our pieces that we collected for our curated thrift haul, we select one of those pieces, whether it be a representation of Vintage or a representation of Modern, and then we find its counterpart on eBay.com, the website. And then we ask each other which one has more value, vintage versus modern. I have decided uh, that I was going to use a wrestling-adjacent mm-hmm. piece. Okay. So we were talking about Beyond the Mat, and we were talking about Mick Foley. Well, I have two Mick Foley figures. Ooh. Now, one of his wrestling personas was named Mankind. Um, and he did the mandible claw, which is he shoved his finger down your throat until you passed out because your your airway was blocked. So that's just another piece on Mick Foley Mankind. Got it. So we're looking at, what say you, vintage 1998 WWF Mick Foley Mankind Jack's action figure wrestler toy. Okay. That's the entire listing. The entire listing. Got it. Versus the modern. WWE Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, Unmatched Fury, Platinum Edition, Series 5. So once again, the vintage is 1998, vintage WWF, Mick Foley Mankind, Jack's action figure wrestler toy, versus the modern WWE Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, Unmatched Fury, Platinum Edition, Series 5. All right. I'm going vintage. Vintage on this one? Yeah. What are your thoughts there? Um, Again, with the super long name and the action figure. Yeah. It's too much. Too much. So you it's think that's much. what's going to sell you on it? Yeah. Okay. Straight to the point. Mankind's. What do you think of the price points? For mm, fun. Are they uh, loose or are they in box? Both of them are in box. Okay. I should have mentioned that. That's okay. Yeah. So a qualifying question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess, I'm going big today. Mm-hmm. 60 bucks Ooh. for Mankind's Vintage. vintage mankind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 34 for Modern. 34 for Modern. Okay. So you are going uh, vintage with your pick. Yes. Okay. So I will uh, first reveal the vintage price. And then, obviously, um, you're hoping that the vintage is, is more pricier than the modern. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have to be less than this to be correct. Uh, so the 1998 vintage WWF Mick Foley Mankind Jacks action figure wrestler toy, $15. Oh, that's tough. $15. Oh, I had so such high hopes for him. How are you feeling about those hopes for a point, DJ Lil? Maybe it's still more than the modern. 
The Modern, which you would need to be lower than 15, the WWE Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley Unmatched Fury Platinum Edition Series 5, $25. Oh, my. It is modern, and you are shut out. Lil is zero, zero, zero 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 today. Well, the interesting thing. I am definitely on a losing streak, everyone. The interesting addition to this is I had already said that I am risking my points. So the fun thing is, is if I would have said I wouldn't risk my points, then I would basically be collecting points because I would win. But since I am risking my points, if I get this wrong, we both end up at zero for the episode and no one wins. Are there tiebreakers for zero, zero? No tiebreakers. No. Well, let's see how you do. Shane, Shane, the Shane rule is the tiebreaker. There's only Shane tiebreakers. Yeah, that's fine. Shane yeah. can have them. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier I mentioned the Mystery Science Theater DVD box set. Yeah. And so we're going to revisit cool. Mystery Science Theater. Cool. So the vintage is a VHS um, of pod people. Pod people. That's one I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Damn so it. one of my favorites from them. Yeah. So Pod People, VHS, and that's just its own. Yeah. You know, individual movie. Mm-hmm. Versus the modern, which is the box that I have here today, which is the Volume Two DVDs. It's four DVDs from Rhino. Oh. Okay. Okay. The VHS is op- like it's not sealed. Or, yeah. You know, same with the modern. Now, I am I'm not knowledgeable enough about Mystery Science Theater to know if different movies, quote unquote, have different values. So I don't know if say more- some are definitely more popular than others. Yeah. But could they have produced more tapes of that, of that because of that? Which would make them less valuable. Right. Hmm. So that's a great question. Um, read them one more time through. Sure. So the vintage is the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Pod People VHS. The modern is the um, Volume 2 DVD box set, which has four discs in it, including Pod People. Okay. I think. And the game's on the line again. Two episodes in a row. And, well, I could tie with a zero tie. I will go for vintage pod people. Vintage pod people. Okay. Serve it up for me. Do you have any price points in mind? Um, I'm going to say $16. And the modern is 9 So the vintage, mm-hmm. 780 Shit. Modern. Shit. Shit. Modern. Modern. Twenty nine ninety nine. Oh no! I blew that one. I was so good last week. Yeah, you were. I was like guessing the numbers last week. No points for either of us today. No points. A waste (laughs) of an episode. What? What a waste of it. What a waste. So okay. So we could we could look at it two ways. Neither of us won, or we both won. I'd say we both won. We both won. We both won with no points. Yeah. That would make Shane so upset. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't (laughs) listen to this one. 
So we both win with no points. Yes. Uh, we had, a, I think, a great haul this mm-hmm. week. We had, uh, you know, some sentimental pieces, mm-hmm. uh, some some of my favorite documentaries. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I could get my top-loading VHS player to work. Actually, maybe this would be a great platform to say it doesn't work on. Hey, does anybody know how to fix one? <laughs> that's, your vi- that's your victory lap for today, please. My, my victory <laughs> lap is I have Asking a top-loading <laughs> VHS player. And what I believe to be wrong with it is the top loader, the uh, that yeah, where you put the tape in, is stuck. And I don't believe there are any other problems with it except for the stuckness of it. Someone, please help fix P- it. Please help, um, and please support our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Bluffs.bandcamp.com. Steve Barris, thank you so much for your music. Alternate reality, the theme to our show for many reasons. Something you never heard before. Something you never seen before. The theme to Act One. Also, Commonwealth Press. Our friends over at Commonwealth Press of Pittsburgh. It's a DIY t-shirt printing business that they started in a south side of Pittsburgh basement. And since then, they do stickers like the Thrifty stickers, the Thrifty Roach stickers. If you've seen them out and about in your city, that's cool. I hope they made it there. Um, But you could also inquire and I could send you some cwpress.com right now you order 50 shirts you get 12 shirts for free that's a bunch 12 shirts for free and it could be your band it could be Mm -hmm. your podcast it could be a ton of different things so definitely support commonwealth press cwpress.com so um we should probably get out of this oven yeah before yeah it melts into oblivion well it's a bummer because my cat brother, when we record, he is in everything. So I put him in the front room, and the front room also has its own air conditioner, and it's icy cold in it's there. It's brisk in there. It's brisk. So sometimes you go from the hot living room into the cold front room and almost have a heart attack. It also doesn't help your head. <laughs> Nothing helps my head. Everybody get roached. <laughs> <laughs>